from the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. This is Dr. Shelton Smith, and this is Making a Difference. And I welcome you today. We're glad to have you along with us. And as our theme song says, oh, say, but I'm glad. Yes, at this Christmas season, we ought to really, really be able to sing songs like that and just let it echo from our spirit, from our heart, and let the world know that we are glad that we have a Savior, glad that we're forgiven, glad that we have a home in heaven one day. And it is pretty exciting indeed just to contemplate all that. And as we celebrate the Christmas season, there are a lot of themes that we really need to pay attention to. So the last couple of days, I've been dealing with the question, why do we make so much ado about Jesus? People ask the question sometimes in one form or another. That's what they're saying. They're trying to figure out what we have figured out and trying to figure out why we make so much ado about him. Well, we've looked at that a couple of days here, but I want to do it again today and continue looking at what the Bible tells us in the New Testament book of Colossians. There are more things there. We'll get to them in just a moment. I've given you every day a song from the hymnal that uh, reflects this theme a good bit. And today I want you to think with me as I read the words of a song by Fanny Crosby that's just entitled Redeemed. Here's what it says. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercy, His child, and forever I am. Verse 2 says, Redeemed and so happy in Jesus, no language my rapture can tell. I know that the light of His presence with me doth continually dwell. Verse 3, I think of my blessed Redeemer. I think of Him all the day long. I sing, for I cannot be silent. His love is the theme of my song. And verse 4 says, I know I shall see in his beauty the king in whose law I delight, who lovingly guardeth my footsteps and giveth me songs in the night. And then the chorus says, Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed, redeemed his child, and forever I am. If you think about the words that Fanny Crosby gave us in that song, it is really telling about why we do make so much ado about the Savior. And I'm telling you, these days, there's so much going on, so much clatter, so many people really trying to sell a bill of goods, trying to take people down roads that they never should go. And when we look at what the Bible tells us about the Savior, we have a lot of reason to be excited. So today we're going to look again into the book of Colossians, and I begin reading today with verses 26 and 27 of that first chapter, because here we learn that Christ Christ is the key to the mysteries of the ages. There are things all through history that men have pondered, things that they've tried to figure out, things that they just simply cannot grasp, and it's been mysterious through all of the years. Well, let's look at what this verse says. In fact, verse 25 references the Word of God and then says, "...even the mystery..." which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but is now made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we learn here that it's not just for the Jews. Even though the Lord went first to the Jews, did that on purpose, but then it became obvious that there's a whole world of people out there who are not Jewish, and so it immediately went to the Gentiles as well. That Jerusalem church was primarily Jewish. 
But what did they do? They extended out their influence and their outreach. The next thing you know, you have a Christian center in Antioch and some other places in that part of the world. And what happened from there? They began to tell other people, not just people who were Jewish. In fact, the Lord Jesus himself did that. He went through Samaria, not around it. He did that to make the gospel, to make his presence felt with all kinds of people, Jew and Gentile alike. And so in these days, so often, and I say it here, and I will say it and say it again and again all across the country in my travels, we say red, yellow, black, brown, and white, every single one are included in the Lord's plan. All are precious in His sight. And we do that because the Lord has laid out His plan for everybody. And what may have been mysterious to a lot of people is now made manifest and the secret to understanding that mystery is coming to Christ. The Bible says here that it's revealed to his saints. Now, that's not talking about some special super category of Christian when it talks about a saint. Every single person who is born again, that is, you are a child of God, you have trusted Christ as your Savior, the Bible says that God considers you to be one of his saints. So we have that secret revealed to those who come to Christ, and the Bible here says that the mystery of mysteries is found when we have Christ in us. He becomes the hope of glory for us. He becomes the word which we need to understand. So when we understand that, we have the key to the ages, the key to the mystery of the ages. Things begin to be unlocked for us that never before we understood because we've come to Christ. You remember, he is omniscient. He has all knowledge, and he will step by step reveal his eternal knowledge to us so that we too may grow in our understanding. And I'm telling you, it's one of the big reasons why you and I ought to make much ado about the Lord Jesus. Let's look at verse 28 in that first chapter. It says, "...whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus." Now, if you've been a Christian very long reading your Bible, you know that the word perfect there is not talking about sinlessness. It's talking about maturity. It's something that is full bloom. And what we're looking at here is a discovery that will help us in our walk with the Lord, in our development as a Christian. This passage tells me that the Lord Jesus is the maker of our maturity. As we become acquainted with Him, as we grow in our knowledge of the Savior, as we dig into the Bible and understand the things that we're being taught there, the wisdom of God begins to show in our life. And as a result of that, we mature, making every man perfect, the Bible says here, meaning mature, in Christ Jesus. You get with the Lord, He's going to help you to grow up. He's going to help you to develop into something very, very special. I sometimes use the term a full-bloom Christian. And what are we talking about? Well, we're just talking about somebody that is mature, somebody that is representing the Lord well because you're following Him, you're listening to His instructions, you're doing the things that He would have you to do. So, yes, we make much ado about the Savior because He unlocks the secret of the mysteries of the ages for us, and we also make much ado about him because he is the maker of our maturity. Let's look into chapter 2 at verses 2 and 3. We're in the book of Colossians in the New Testament. Verse 2 of chapter 2 says that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgment of the mystery of God and of the Father 
and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So, we make much ado about the Savior because He is our source of wisdom. There's another place in the Bible in James chapter 1 that says, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. Well, when that passage starts off by saying, If any man lack wisdom, let's just be clear about this. We all lack wisdom. The thing is, when we discover that we're not as smart as we thought we were when we were maybe 12 or 14 or 15, and we realize that we do have some deficiency in there, and we need to tap into something that is far greater than our little dab of resources, that's when we look to God. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And the Bible says that God will give. He'll be generous in giving his wisdom, and he'll not chide us for that. He upbraideth not. So here we have in this Colossians passage another mystery. It's the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. What is that about? Well, it's the triune God. It's the trinity of God, the triunity. All of those terms apply because we have in the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And that, dear friend, is the key to knowledge. That is the key to wisdom. You and I look to the Lord, and when we do, we get all of the resources of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. They function as one, and that simply means that we are on greater ground. It develops us. It helps us to grow. And thus, we make much ado about the Savior because He is a part of the Trinity. And what we're looking at here, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, is the full embodiment of the triune God. So because we understand something about that, yes, we're going to make much ado about the Savior. Look at verse 10 in chapter 2, where it says, For in Him, talking about Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That is, when Jesus was born in human flesh, birthed in Bethlehem, He demonstrated the absolute totality of what God is about. There was still a God, the Holy Spirit. There was still a God, the Father. But Jesus demonstrated very clearly, presented the Godhead in the fullness that enables us to see and understand what we need to see and understand. He is everything we need. This passage says, In Him dwelleth all the fullness. And then verse 10 tells us that we are complete in Him. That is, He is everything we need, dear friend. You can look to Him. Why should we make so much ado about the Savior? Because He means everything. If you want to go to heaven when you die, Christ is the answer. If you want to have a guide and companion in your life now, Jesus is the answer. If you want to get instruction that is superior to anything you'll get anywhere else, Christ is the answer. And so we look to Him, and we know that we can fulfill our maturity. We can complete ourselves like we need to be completed. We can make our Christian life like it needs to be simply because we pay attention and give full attention to the Lord Jesus. So wonderful, so special, absolutely incredible, and thus you and I make much ado about him. Let's look at one more thing here. Chapter 2, verses 13 and 14 says, And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together. And that term quickened just means he's made us alive with him having forgiven you all your trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. 
Dear friend, we do make much ado about the Savior. And this passage, these two verses, 12 and 13 of chapter 2, tell us a good bit about why we ought to just literally magnify the Savior in everything we do. I want you to notice what it says there. Verse 13 talks about how we were dead in our sins. We didn't have a prayer. We didn't have a hope. We did not have a thing we could do for ourselves. But the Lord made possible what we need. And he made us alive. We were as dead, and yet he made us alive, forgave us all our trespasses. When we talk about the forgiveness of sin, we're talking about past, present, and future. He doesn't redeem us just from the past. He redeems us for now, and he redeems us forever. Fanny Crosby's hymn laid that out very carefully. Redeemed forever I am, she said, and that's a good scriptural premise in that song. And then verse 14 tells us that whatever difficulty we had, whatever ordinance, whatever thing that was contrary to us, I mean, if we had anything in our relationship with God that needed to be corrected, that needed to be set right. It was nailed to the cross. I mean, all of the crazy things in our life, all of the sin nailed to the cross, and you and I got reconciled to God. We got ourselves in position with God like it needs to be simply because of the Lord Jesus going to the cross for us. So, dear friend, we do make much ado about Jesus, and I think as we've looked at these passages in Colossians, we have learned some things that will help us to know that we ought to just keep on doing that. And here at the Christmas season is a good time to kickstart that and determine that all year long next year, until the trumpet sounds, we're going to keep making much ado about Jesus. Dear friend, I hope that you'll join me tomorrow. I'll look forward to being right back here for our Friday broadcast. And at the same time, don't forget to write me a note. I love to hear from our listeners. So write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Until tomorrow, dear friend, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day and goodbye for now. 